It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. All right, all right, all right. Yo, baby, yo, here we go. Let's start this show. It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Trella, and with me, as always, my brother from another mother. It's Trader Andy, man. What's up? Good. How you doing, bro? All good? What's up, man? How we doing? How we doing? How's everything right, going today? All right. I heard you're having a good day, I, huh? Having a good day, man. My uh, son graduated pre-K today, moving on to kindergarten. And uh, he was walking down the aisle like a trooper until he fell, but he got right back up and started walking. That's just like life. You just fall down and just got to keep on going. But I, I see you chose a, a regular shirt today, which I'm very proud of. I, I, have no, <laughs> I have no jokes. I have no jokes. So, yeah, it's... I. I, I figured I, I I'll relax a little bit on that. I'll bring a, I'll bring out my last one I got left for next week right before I get onto the airplane the next day. But Trevor's not home today, so I couldn't I, I couldn't set up in his studio. So we're going we're going with my uh my outdoor studio, trying my new my new laptop out that my my beautiful amazing wife bought for me. So trying to avoid the dial up if we start turning into Max Headroom. Then uh, I, I'm I'm gonna run into the house. <laughs> so if you guys see me start running in the house, it's because the internet's lagging on the Wi-Fi. So we'll make that happen. Up in the other corner, which I'm not even gonna try to point anymore. Oh, that worked! Look at that. Yeah, it worked. It, it's it's the man, the myth, the legend, the Greek god of mock drafting. It's Mr. Nick Mimi, man. What's going on today, brother? Not much. Beautiful day out here in Jersey for yeah. once, Mr. Mr. One Thousand. Mr. 1,000, yeah, just yeah, hit 1,000 right. followers. Yeah, let, let's take victory laps now, man. Woo. Why not? Let's just talk about it and see uh, what what you're celebrating. Nick, 1,000, yeah. huh? Just, yeah, just hit it. Last year, we were under 100. Now, now we're a little over 1,000. Nice. So we're, uh, the millennial has hit the millennium. Yep. Boom. <laughs> nice. We got 1K. Now we get to 2K. Happy for you, man. Thank you, thank now, you. Now you got to put pop out some good content for them, and, and oh, we got, these guys, we got right? something for you today. All right, heard. All right, cool, cool. Be right back and, in two seconds. All right, cool. Andy, you want to take you, you want to take a uh, victory lap while this guy's uh, over running away? This, I don't know where the hell he went. This guy always leaves. He doesn't show up on time. What's going on with that? These these kids know, today. Uh, my my victory lap goes to uh, one of my guys. I've been hyping since two years ago, Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. Uh, I'm still going with the baseball. Uh, he's batting, you know, 315. He's got 13 home runs. He's driving a ball. He, 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 he seems to get two hits every single game. I, I love the kid. I think the, you know, he's going to grow into a, a big time star in Pittsburgh until they trade him. All right. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to go out of turn here, man. I'm going to go victory lap and I'm going to rant on my victory lap because I, I don't know. I had a, 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 this experience this week. It was it, it, unbelievable. So I got to go to a ball game, which I did not plan on doing. Ah. I, went, I went to the Phillies-Mets um, doubleheader. I, I had no intention of going to a ball game for maybe even more years. But I got invited by one, one of my vendors through work. And, I, you know, sweet with the whole elevator to the to the thing, VIP entrance, all the good stuff. No waiting in lines, private bathroom, all this. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. It's my team, the Phillies at, at City Field. Let's go. So that's my victory lap is getting to experience that 
once again what I really, really honestly didn't think I was ever going to do that again. But here we go, and I did it. So here's my rant about it's the damn game. Like, you got to be kidding me. You guys have – Nick has ranted about the Yankees up, down, and, Don't get me and left started. and right. Don't get me started today. So I, I'm going to get started on Joe Girardi. You got to be kidding me with this. You got to be kidding me with this. And we're going to talk more about Jose Alvarado later on, but that, that's not even not even what I want to go on about. The, the incompetence of this manager is beyond me. I have no idea what he's doing. So the, we all know that in, in extra innings now, it, we do this bull crap with the, the man on second base. So what, what does Girardi do? They give up the lead in the bottom of the seventh, and he double switches. Odabel Herrera makes the last out, right? He double switches and puts a, a, a 4A guy into the four hole, right, and puts the pitcher into Odabel <laughs> Herrera's spot. So now, instead of Herrera, their best base runner, starting the eighth <clears throat> inning at second base, they have to – fortunately, it's not the pitcher that has to go there, but it reverts back to the prior – uh, the prior hitter, which was Luke Williams, who's got no speed whatsoever. So they take their best base runner, put him on the bench, put Luke Williams at second base. And then what happens when they get to the, the spot where they double switched? He pitch hits for the guy that he double switched in. So you burned, you burned the, the left fielder, you burned the base runner, and then you bring in uh, McCutcheon, and then he freaking strikes out. Like, what the hell is going on? Then the Mets get the opportunity in, in the bottom of the eighth, and they did the complete opposite, and they double-switched so that Lindor, who did not make the last out, became the, the previous because they double-switched the pitcher into that spot. So now that the pitcher is not going to be, the, be the, the extra runner, Lindor was, who was two outs ago. So now they have their best base runner on second. He gets moved over to third, and they freaking blow the fucking game. Excuse me. Sorry, YouTube. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> That's Absolute a rant. Incompetence. Absolute incompetence, right? <laughs> and then they, they, they're pitching. Uh, He's mad. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, yo, I got to say one more thing. I got one more. I have a victory the, lap. What's the hook? A pers personal victory lap. I forgot to say. I was supposed to go to that game with you, but I yeah. didn't because my mother had to have heart surgery. She's doing well. She's recovering. She looks 100% great. So awesome. I just want to say, you know, glad you're doing well, Mom. That's amazing. Yo, Mom. All right. Well, all right. Moms are doing good now, so that's good. Yep. It's really a positive vibe today. So I don't know. Either you guys got to crash and burn. I'm going to stay. Really quick, man. Jeff. The more yeah. important question. Did you go to Tony Luke's while you were there? No, I didn't. I didn't. That's I, a crash, that's I mean, crash and burn. It's crash no, and burn. It, was, it was City Field, bro. <laughs> Mm. I wasn't in Philly. Oh, never mind. It's even worse. Yeah, that would. <laughs> and it's, bro, it took us two hours to get there. It's ridiculous. I can't do that. All hours right. Do you guys got a crash and burn or you want to you wanna move on and, and get started? Let's go. Football to baby. All right. Cool, cool. No crash and burn. It's a positive vibe. We'd be loving life today. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Scott Fishbowl today. Uh, Mr. Nick spent the good part of his day putting together the uh adp mock this is now this is not us putting together team building but this is just straight by adp 
where these players are going. And we're going to take a look at it. Let me see if I could bring it up on the screen right now. See if I could figure that out. Oh, look at me go. Boom. Hey, how about hey. that? Let, let me get that out of your face. And here we go. All right. Look at that, man. I, I got the technology thing going on. All right. So let's start this off. Let me pull up. Uh... Nick, what do you want to do? You want to talk round? Let's go round by round, and then we're going to search for some values, right? We're not going to yeah. go through 300 players, but we'll, lo we'll look at each round and, and see where we're winning, okay? So Mahomes, yeah. McCaffrey, yeah, so really, Allen, Kelsey. There's really no surprise there. Yeah, right? really quick with this uh, mock. Basically, what I did was I took the um, it's the the FF Engineer website. It was um, Kevin O'Brien at Kevin O'Brien FF. I took his website and basically just did a straight one through two sixty four mock with one through twelve positions. So you can look at your position. I have your number. What picks you're going to be in every single round. So we're at pick ten. So we know we're at 10, 15, 27, and so on. So you'll have a good idea come draft day. You can start crossing people off and have a better idea what players might be available. All right. All right. Cool. And I know we got some people watching that are in this too. So we, we could, uh, we could definitely point out their draft slot as much as we can. Yeah, uh, guys, if anybody in the chat has a question, just hold it until we're done with this. Cause I can't actually see the chat right now. I'm just learning how to use this feature. So, all right. So round one, we're looking at Mahomes. Mm -hmm. no, no, no big surprises. Kelsey's getting the helium, though. Yo, the biggest bumblebee in the world just attacked me. All right. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> All right. Kill, killer hornet. Right. So, so Kelsey at four, mm -hmm. Kyler at five, Dalvin at six. Uh, where I'm surprised is Prescott over Lamar Jackson. That's interesting. I think that's a 50-50 uh, pick this year. I think it's just personal preference. <laughs> Right. So so you think there there's a chance that we might be looking at, at Lamar Jackson at 10? It depends. I mean, there's going to be leagues he slides. There's going to be a lot of different leagues with a lot of different formats, depending on who's in your draft. Uh, last year, my quarterback run never happened. I got Murray 302. Um, this year, we could see, depending on the league you're in, you could see it. I think there's a good shot Lamar can make 10. I think what is here in front of us is very realistic, though, for the uh, 10 slot, 10, 11, 12. Right, but good chance. All right, so so ne after Lamar, a, a little run on running backs, mm -hmm. and I'm struggling with this. I got to spend a good part of the week on the next the next five running backs. Yeah, you got Kamara, Henry, mm -hmm. Saquon, JT, and Zeke mm -hmm. uh, all on the turn, and I really struggle to to uh, kind of mock that <laughs> and, and put it into a specific order yeah. and rank it. I, I got to dig deeper on that because there's a good chance. That we're at, at the ten spot, we're going to end up with one of those backs. All three of us, right? Yeah, yeah, it's no, a good shot. No. I like. Uh, no, no, I, I can't, I can't pass up on the QB. I, I like when we were uh, mocking. We even the the Herbert Russ Wilson start. I, I really like that. Well, I, I'm, and, not Andy, I, I'm not even saying the first round necessarily. Yeah. If you look at the, yeah. the the five guys we're talking about, they carry in four picks into the second. So yeah. we may be looking at quarterback, running back, or. Huh. Running back, quarterback, something like that. I, I love the quarterback, quarterback hookup, but if, if say, if you look at this, like I draw a hard line myself, quarterback wise, at Russell Wilson. I'm not going after that in the second round. Yeah. If he's not there, round one or round two for me, I, I'm not reaching. Who's the next one? Aaron Rodgers. I'm not doing that. Uh, he can opt out. I think yeah. July 2nd, he can opt out. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, know, we'll know before the fishbowl draft. But next still, next Friday, next Friday by five o'clock. Yeah, right. I'm not. I'm not touching that. 
So yeah, so so if you don't get Russell Wilson at ten uh, on the turn, or if you take Russell Wilson in the first round or somebody else, fall, fall you're off. looking at a you're looking at a running back or Waller or 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 uh, uh, a, a wide receiver, which we're not mm -hmm. going to do. Right, and quarterbacks to play at ten, and then running right. back on the swing. Right. So so yeah. Let, so let let's play that out. If if we're where we're looking at right now, if you have Henry, Saquon, Herbert, Waller, Taylor, Russell, and Zeke on the board at 10. Mm -hmm. The move is to take your preference between Herbert and Wilson. 100%. And then let the running backs fall as they may. And don't forget Nick Chubb. He's also in that conversation. He, he's a tier below the, those guys for me, but not by much. I think him and Zeke are close. I yeah, give a Zeke people, a little a edge. people say that. It's just not my personal preference. But I think Pollard's going to break into that backfield, which okay. scares me. All right, that's fair. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So wrapping up the first round, Herbert's been going going first round. Mm -hmm. Waller is right about there. Uh, you may see Kittle move up into the into the earlier part of the second round, but he's there too. Um, and then you you, you pop the uh, wide receiver Cherry with two of them, Tyreek and Devontae. Again, that's that's a personal preference situation there. That's mm -hmm. that, that's that's whatever you whatever you like more. Um, Brady Tannehill, I'm probably not going to have a, a piece of either of them because I'm not going to reach for them. In the, no. It, it is a possibility for us as we do the third round reversal mm -hmm. um, that that uh, we're going to – oh, I got to go back this way. That's pretty slick how you did that. Mm -hmm. so, yep. All right, I got to go back that way. So it is possible, let's say that at 10 we went quarterback running back. Yep. We might be in – in in on Tannehill or Brady, very possible at three dot oh three. And you possible. agree with that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Ta Tannehill like or Brady as your second quarterback mm -hmm. looks nice if yes. you could do it that way. All right, but some of the other options, and we're not going to be on these guys as it comes back. Metcalf, Hopkins, Ridley—they're going to have to slide, or we're going to have to already have two quarterbacks for us to consider them. Mm -hmm. Antonio Gibson, man, I I've gotten him in the fourth fourth round several yeah. times. Yeah. So that's that's actually I mean the fourth round there that means about another 11 12 spots past past ADP to get him. So I, I guess we should write him off cuz unless you have a massively heavy quarterback yeah draft or they're doing a lot of a lot of wide receivers which we're not going to do. Uh I don't I don't think Antonio Gibson's going to make it back to you then. I thought he always did and he's he's going higher and higher. The helium's rising. There's articles coming out left and right about his usage and I think he's going to be really overdrafted. I think we I think we don't have a shot at him this year. Right. Would you rather have have Najee Harris or Joe Mixon over him or Oh or no way. I'd rather have Gibson. Have you seen the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line? Nobody's running in the behind that line. Yeah, and they keep who retiring I, and getting hurt and everything. Well, I so. do want at uh who I'm interested more so is Austin Eckler. He's right there for us in that third swing. And I think he has a very good chance to crack first round ADP by the end of the year. Okay. If so he, you would say healthy. So you, so you would take Eckler over acres at this point. A hundred percent. I think I agree with you. There. 100%. I, I feel pretty safe about that. All right. Oh, well, well we're going, we're going back in the wrong direction here. Um, so Andy, we got, we got Burrow and we got Stafford and Hertz as a quarterback option with, with we already spoke about uh, uh, Tannehill and Brady. If, if you miss out on them, are you interested in Hertz, Stafford, or Burrow? Hertz I'm, Hertz, I'm very intrigued about. I think he could be the Kyler Murray this year if he really truly does break out. You just gave him 
Devonta, you just gave him. I mean, he's, last year he's got Jalen Rigor. I, I think he's got a very good shot this year to pull a Kyler Murray. I think he could be the uh, the sleeper this year. I like the other two. I'd, I'd rather take the other two before Hurts because I think Stafford I think, in that in that in that team. I, I just think with all those weapons, I think he's going to be very very dominant, and I, I I really like what he could do this year. Yeah, let me retract a little bit of that. I would take Stafford over Hurts. Of course, you would. I would take Stafford <laughs> over Hurts. There's no doubt about that. But I do think Hurts has that that upside this year to be a league winner. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you something. As we're talking quarterbacks right now, there's something that's jumping to my eye right now as we're talking uh, our area of the third round, and I'm looking down here, and I see Trevor Lawrence. I'm ranking Trevor Lawrence ahead of Stafford and Hurts. So if I could get him around ooh, later, I mean, I know that's kind of stretching uh, it a little bit. Ooh. I know it's stretching it a little bit, but I, I just think that there's much more a much better floor on Lawrence than there is on Hurts and Stafford. Stafford. I, I just don't personally feel that they have a commitment to this guy. I think it, if he performs, it's his job, but I, I don't think that they're 100% sold on him. Um, and, uh, her, and, her hurts? And, and Stafford, there's always the injury fear. Wait, right, but right? he plays through him. He's, he's one tough person. He'll play right through it. Yeah, that's true. All right. So we got, we got Dobbins and Sanders there, and then – we hit the tip of the iceberg with the with the wide receivers. This is where we start getting interested in receivers, where you see uh, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, right there in the fourth. Mm -hmm. I, or, or we're in the fifth now. I could I could eat. No, that's the fourth. I, no, I could easily that's, that's, see us all of us having one of those receivers on our team. That would make I think, sense. I think I had Terry last year in Fishbowl, and he did he did an amazing job for me. I do think CeeDee Lamb, though, this year is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But that, that's why you were, uh, you were pretty much a shoe in for the playoffs last year mm -hmm. is because you, you, you hit the nuts with, with, with uh, Kyler Murray, yep. and then David Montgomery was a beast down the stretch. Oh, he had the easiest schedule. He crushed it. Right, and, and you got Terry McLaurin as, mm -hmm. as your wide receiver Two, oh, I, I think. I stole him. Even wide receiver three. I stole him. He was late too. Right. I think you had Lockett. Was was Lockett was, was your, my one. Your early one. Yep. All right. Um, I, I've seen Chris Godwin go as late as as the fifth round, and I kind of like that. Uh, mm -hmm. So if he he's there. I'm interested in that. I have CD Lamb ahead of Amari Cooper myself. Yep. Hmm. So I would love to have have CD if he if he falls to the fifth. That would be my guy. Um, any anyone else jumping out here? Round six, we're looking at Cooper, Gaskin, Tua, um, Carr. I'm not interested in Carson Wentz. Right, I, I, I just don't think that most of us are going to be in the quarterback game at this point, right? No, I think um, ETN. I think that's going to be. I don't think we're going to get. We'll be looking for wide receivers at this point. Right. Absolutely. Even Jamar Chase. I don't. I don't know. I think it's a little too high for him. Okay. What, what what do you think about uh, in in round seven here, Javante Williams? <clears throat> what do I, I love him. I love him. Oh, I think he's going to be phenomenal. I would not worry about Melvin Gordon. He's the, if they traded up for him, he's going to run with that backfield. Maybe not week one, maybe not week two, but he's going to take over that place. He's going to be a great pick. Right. So and he's fallen kind of right there mm -hmm. in, in, into our wheelhouse in in round seven. Seven. the round seven. Round so seven. It, so if you have two quarterbacks, uh, 
you could potentially be adding Javante Williams as your third running back. That would be beautiful. It's a steal. Right. I love that. All right. Stop me if you see anybody else in this round that really jumps out to you. I'm not playing the Deshaun Watson roulette game. I don't think I'm doing the, the James Robinson roulette game, not in the fishbowl. I'll definitely have some, uh, some shares. Same with Chase Edmonds. So it still worries me a little bit there. Right. All right. So now round eight is when we start looking at some values, and you might mm -hmm. see some players starting to fall here. Noah Fant, that wouldn't be bad to have as your tight end one right around this not. spot. Couple of couple of decent receivers. Uh, would you feel okay? Now we're in round eight. If one of these guys was your wide receiver one, I know Andy is. Andy's like uh, crazy wide receiver. I, I think Odell balances back big time. Cortland Sutton, if uh, Rodgers were to be traded to Denver, he becomes a top 10 wide receiver. Okay. Um, I also want to make a comment with Trey Sermon. I think he's this year's Cam Akers. I think he starts very slow. People get impatient on him, drop him. And then mid to late season, he goes crazy and that has the same Cam Akers effect. So, so a round eight investment is worth it to you? I think so. But you, but you might have to be patient with him, which in the yeah, fishbowl well, is 50-50. Yeah, once Ruben gets hurt, he just moves right in. Mm -hmm. Right. Not bad. Well, I, I mean, what you can do is kind of reverse handcuff it too and, and you know, take whatever, whatever San Francisco running back you think it is the guy that's going to slide another three or four rounds before he's selected and handcuff them together. And then you got Sermon on a, re on a reverse handcuff for when he pops off, right? Yep. Not bad, not bad. I know Andy's got his eye on Claypool. Always. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Claypool as Andy's wide receiver one. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, most of it's already what, right what there. Round, what round did he go into? Uh, we're in round eight with him. Okay. okay. I can't I can't see my diabetes are all messed up, but I cannot see. But oh, all right. Sorry about your diabetes. <laughs> all right. Um Gisecki is kind of where I draw the line at tight end. Mm. If I don't mm. have Gisecki or better as my tight end one, I'm a little scared. Yeah. With, with the uh full PPR for, for the tight end. That's about it right there. And that's round eight. So round nine. So I, I think yeah. on our turn in round nine is about my limit for a tight end. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having John U. Smith, but I'd rather have him as a second tight end. Right, well, round nine gets interesting. You got um, Damian Harris and Michael Carter, two AFC Eastbacks. Uh, Damian Harris is starting to rise up the ranks. And if you watched uh, Flight 2021, the uh, Jets behind the scenes offseason stuff, Michael LaFleur <laughs> consistently was saying, we're going to run the rock. We're going to pound the ball. They just uh, signed Morgan, um, Morgan Moses, and this Jets team's going to run. So Michael Carter is, I think, a good pick here. He is drinking the, the Kool-Aid. I have drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> when they're losing 40 to nothing, they will not be running, but <laughs> right. we'll see. And Zach Wilson's going this round, too. So we're starting to lose out almost on the end of the starting quarterback tier here. Right. Okay, look at this. This is pretty interesting right here. Fournette and Jones going back-to-back -back at the 9-10 mm -hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if that's going to be something that somebody does at the 9-10 turn where they take both of them. That's not bad. You, yeah. you'll, get, you'll get the Tampa Bay backfield there. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, hate on that too much. No. All right. This is really interesting. This is great value on Sam Darnold, if you ask mm -hmm. me. Round mm -hmm. 10. I, I mean, if some, of these, so, some of these, these generators that I, I've been playing with, I've seen Darnold go as high mm -hmm. as the fourth round. I've even taken him as high as the fourth round. 
in a super flex, you, you got to make something happen. And if there's a cliff, man, I mean, round 10, that's beautiful. But you, you can't tell the future. You don't know that he's somebody like that's going to be there. So you yeah. can't guarantee anything. All right. Anybody else jumps off on you? Let me know, man. I, you know, Curtis, Will, Curtis Samuel. I think he's going to be a great pick there as like a wide receiver three. Okay. I I kind of like Jarvis Landry just as much, just because there's such a floor. This is probably your third wide receiver, like you said, mm -hmm. and there's such a solid floor on Landry. I mean, this is the guy that, uh, you know, after three years, he held the record for for most receptions to start a career, and you know, second was Odell Beckham, actually his teammate. But there's such a floor there. LaVisca and, and Samuel, I, I think, are a little bit more swing for the fence plays with Landry being the safe pick. David Johnson, I want nothing to do with that dude. He oh, no. People. Just cross him off then, man. It's, this guy's <laughs> dead. All right. Here, here's Andy's little uh, tight end move here. We're, we're in round 12 now. Mm -hmm. Irv Smith, Tyler Higby. What do you think about these guys? Let me tell you, Higby is going to be the, the sleeper this year. I, I think with Stafford, I think he's going to be great. I, I think he's going to be amazing. He's, they're going to hook up. He loves his tight end. He's got lots of weapons. Higby's going to be severely over over undervalued right now. So, All right. Yeah, what I think, what it stands out to me this round for round 11 is uh, A.J. Dillon. I think he's going to be a steal, beyond a steal at this point. Um the Packers clearly were not invested in uh, – they were invested but in Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams got a ton of playing time last year, and he's gone. A.J. Dillon was drafted in the second round. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. It's very similar to Jamal Williams, and he'll have his own standalone value. And around 11, getting a running back like that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, great. I'm heavily invested in Aaron Jones, and he may end up on my, on my fishbowl team. But I got to say, I think A.J. Dillon is going to lead the team in rushing touchdowns, to be honest with you. So, He's a beast. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. And, and and God forbid Aaron Jones got hurt. You're basically looking at a fir first-round talent. Mm-hmm. Grab back, him. Like, this, is the handcuff, this is the handcuff right here. Right, right. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Kenyon Drake kind of kind of uh, jumps off the page to me a little bit. Obviously, in this scenario, I, I would, wouldn't mind him as like my fourth running back, maybe even fifth. I wouldn't want him as my third, but just the like, here's the thing it doesn't matter what you think about Josh Jacobs or what you think about Kenyon Drake. What matters is what Gruden thinks and what the Raiders think, mm -hmm. right? And they went out of their way to add this guy. They, they talked about last year how Jacobs was going to, was going to, have an increased role in the in the passing game, and we really did not see that much of that. So I think Drake is going to be on the field a lot more than people are giving a, giving him credit for at this point. And there, there's definitely a lot of upside there. Nick, I know Gus Edwards is one of your guys. I was man. just gonna I was just gonna break down the two picks in this round that I love. I think Gus Edwards is going to have he's he is a zero running back target. He is great value. He is going to be playing left and right in that offense. Um, round 12 is a steal. There's no way he let, he falls this far. I think he's gone by 10, but if he, if he slips to 11 and 12, this is a must take between him. You got Tony Pollard sitting there. Pollard's going to have his own standalone value and then more Kool-Aid Elijah Moore. I think mid to late season, he breaks out. I think that's a very nice stash pick right there, but I think Gus Edwards and Tony Pollard right here stand out big time. Okay, now now I, I wanna I wanna ask both of you guys' opinion on these two guys. Taysom Hill 
and Cam Newton. I'm the, I've never been a Cam guy, nope. but I could really see him being on my fishbowl <clears throat> team as my third third quarterback at this point. There's just I, I mean you got to believe that that New England is is going to be a ten win team at, at at least this yeah. year, and I really think it, it, you know this is either a garbage pick where where it's going to be tossed away, or you hit the you hit the moon with it because the rushing upside is is there. You know it's going to be pretty safe. It, it looks like they kind of built their free agency plan around him. Not around Mac Jones because Mac Jones wasn't even there yet. So I, I think the upside there is is kind of ridiculous. And you know, Taysom Hill, I, I'm a big fan of his. This is a shoot for the moon pick if you take it here because he, he may be a complete zero. Probably will. But, but you get the double points for the tight end. So Taysom Hill's good. Yeah. No, he's listed as a quarterback, my man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, <laughs> Cam Cam Newton is just. They were showing clips of him in. You know, training camp, he's the most inaccurate passer I've ever seen. And uh, the Patriots didn't waste a first-round pick on a quarterback to not use him. I think Matt yeah, Jones would be there. But, but at the same time, Belichick is so shrewd, he might just intentionally lose games so that he could build around Mac Jones going into next year. Who knows? But a little-known fact, you, you just called him inaccurate. Did you know that? Cam yeah, deep, deep passes, deep passes. He, yeah. he led the NFL in deep pass yeah. accuracy yes. last year. Right? I, saw, so, I heard that. But, but, but then they went out and got rid of all their wide receivers and just picked up a whole bunch of tight ends. So who knows, man? I, I'm nowhere near as smart as Belichick. So you can't predict what they're going to do. Yeah, of course. Nick, anybody else jumping out that you want to you touch on here? Which uh, For round 12? We're in round 13. Round 13. Uh, where's my areas? J.D. McKissick. Ooh, he had 80, 80 receptions last year. 80 receptions sitting in round 13 here with an ADP of 150. That's that's a hammer home right there. That is a perfect flex in the Scott Fishbowl. And if you're getting him around 13, that's a steal. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you here. I, I'm going to say what if they just didn't think Antonio Gibson – had the developed skills in pass protection yeah. to be on the field in 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 – in, in passing downs that often, and mm -hmm. now he has that skill to be a, to be. Remember, there was no there was no preseason last year. Yep, there there was no training camp, so yeah. this guy was limited in his in his uh, in his preseason uh, snap count. So, mm -hmm. what are, what are the chances if Antonio Gibson takes almost fifty percent of those receptions? Is JD McKissick a, a, a is he a bust here or? I mean, round 12, I wouldn't call him a bust, but that would make Antonio Gibson a first or second round pick. Which I think may just add. That's very possible. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't like the McKitsick pick, you got uh, Jamal Williams a few picks later. I think the, the Lions did not, this staff did not draft DeAndre Swift. They signed Jamal Williams. They gave him a multi-year deal. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. I'm All not right. touching DeAndre Swift. I'm, I like Jamal Williams late. Cool, cool. All right, we're two-thirds of the way through this. Let's look at round 14, and we see Young Ho Koo pop up. There's your first kicker. Yeah, I, don't think I, I don't think I could do that. I, I, I think, honestly, I'm probably not even going to draft a kicker. I'm not. Because, I mean, there's 30 of them available to you. No, if, if, drop. if eight or ten of them get drafted, there's always somebody available. If you if you got a, a lot of receivers on buys or something like that, that, that you could pick one up off the waiver wire. And – Holy Jesus, that's the biggest B of all time. I'm under attack here. Over here, guys. 
Oh yeah, my god. He'll be, he'll be fine. I'm not allergic. Let it sting me. But oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I did not plan on that. All right. So let's move on. We're not we're not taking a kicker early. I'd rather just pick one up off the waiver wire. It it fluctuates from year to year who's actually good. I mean, Ku has a good deep foot. Jason Sanders has the accuracy like, like the, you know, the, the chance of those being the top two kickers again this year. Tucker's always always consistent. 50 yarders. Um, yeah. The, the, the chance of the same ones repeating year over year is pretty slim. All right. Now we're getting into some back end, back, back up tight ends. I would call, definitely uh, don't want uh, this order. I think, I think if Ertz gets traded, I think he's a top tight end already. Yeah. I think they, they just don't like him in Philly. They like Dallas Goddard, and I think Ertz needs to get traded. Well, he, he's got a week to get traded to the Colts in order to be a, a uh, tight end one, at least drafted as a tight end one in the Scott Fishbowl, and I don't yeah. see that happening. So No, someone's going to get value. All right. So here we go, turn it around. We're looking at a couple of young receivers. Jeffrey Wilson there. Any, yep. you know, another quarterback. Uh, how about Jimmy Garoppolo there? Yeah, it's crazy. Too, too much bust potential if he gets benched? I think he's, he's going to start right away, but it's not his job long term. Right. Same thing with Drew Locke there. So this is people yep. at this point, round 15, people are Our, taking a third quarterback. These Our, aren't Our second Rose. quarterbacks at this point. All right. Terrace Marshall's a guy I really like. I, I, I think he's going to be one of those guys, like you mentioned with Trey Sermon, that if you draft him and you sit on it and you wait later on in the year, you're going you're gonna to get paid off. I think this guy is uh, got a world of talent, and he's going to develop with, with Sammy and, and be a stud later on. Um, you know, Bridgewater's kind of a home run hit right there. Yep. Pick stop, stop me, anybody else jumps out on you. I got a couple here. Um, Jamison Crowder is a very, very solid pick here. He was very nice last year, point-wise. Um, I do not like Perrine there for the Bengals. I think Chris Evans is going to be that number two back long-term. I think this is a wasted pick. That's just my opinion. And then uh, Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions. I think he has a very nice start to the season, and he's going to be a little uh, helium ride. Yeah, I, I think – I think I view him. It didn't work out for Michael Pittman last year the way I wanted it to, but mm -hmm. but St. Brown is the guy that I look at that's going to have a role almost day one. Yep, that he's should day make one. an immediate impact. He's not a, not going to be a superstar, unlikely. No. But you know, I, I I think you could see upwards of eighty five to uh, to one hundred targets on the year with it actually starting from week one. So there there's some nice upside as a wide receiver five right there. I, I agree with you on that. It's him and Bashad Perriman. Nice. So he's nice. going to get his touches. All right. And Bashad Perriman's right there. How about Philip Lindsay right here? Ooh. We're in uh, Ooh, I love him. round 17. I like that. Love I him. like that. Definitely. Yeah. He's, he's getting, he, that's a great value right there. There's some good values in this round. Man, that, that's my favorite value so far, just like you guys. Uh, Njoku, there's, there's some talent there. Paris Campbell, I think he burned us enough. Yep. Uh, you couldn't. Eat, we, it was like a millie maker or something. We had it. He he got hurt on the first play last first year play, like yeah. and we we finished in like we were like needed ten more points to take down whatever GPP it was. Like we would have been rich friends. Yo, Par it, Paris Campbell is like the the Byron Buxton of, of football. Oh, I love Paris Campbell, and he burns me all the time. I just can't get enough. Yep. How about Brian Edwards here, man? What do you guys think? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, 
so, so, sophomore uh, receiver. I like him quite a bit there. Um, I got Ramondre Stevenson, a lot of upside in, in round 19. I was going to jump back to 17 real quick. The two that stand oh. out to me are um, Chubba Howard for Carolina. We right. all saw what happened with Mike Davis when CMC went down. He was a top-tier running back. And also, to jump onto that, we also have Baby Gronk, Pat Freermuth for Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think that kid's going to be a stud. Baby Gronk, he's just got to compete with Ebron. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those situations where I, I, I'm going to keep him to my uh, dynasty teams more than Scott Fishbowl. I, I, I just, you know, tight, tight ends as rookies just usually are slow to come around. Um, we don't expect that from Pitts, but I, I, I'm going to hold that for my dynasty team. Um, we already went through there. Ramondre Stevenson is a possibility. Seeing a lot of kickers here. AJ Green. They're, they're saying he, he's he's going to be the Randy Moss. <laughs> did you see that, Nick? Yeah, he's I saw that. Randy Moss I did see that. Uh, you can keep that. Um, nothing really jumping off. This is a bunch of uh, – I mean, Jordan Love there. That's not a bad, not a bad jump at 20 to have a, a third quarterback that might have a starting job from day one. Not bad. All right. Anyone, as we close this up. We are done. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You, we got – I got a couple here. I got round 21. My One of my favorite picks is J.B. and Hawkins, ADP 244. I think he's going to be the RB2 in Atlanta, and I think he has a chance to make an impact. And then outside of that, where was he? Oh, wait, don't forget, Todd Gurley. Yep. That's another one you can take a flyer on. And uh, <laughs> I like Damari Rogers for Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers decides to play, but what we shall see. That right. is a wrap. And Tim Patrick is actually, I'm sorry, two more. Tim Patrick did me very well last year. And if um, Deshaun Watson was playing, Nico Collins would be a very nice play. And if he doesn't, you got Davis Mills, round 22 starting quarterback, maybe. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, Anything else on football before we transition over to uh, the national pastime? Nothing yet. We're going to be working all week. We're going to be pumping out stuff all week. And then our show next Sunday is the big one right before the eve, right before the big day. Yep, July 4th. There's going to be some fireworks. Uh, I'm going to have some fireworks here. We're going to have a lot of people over. <laughs> all right. Oh, really? <laughs> uh-huh. No fireworks in my town, man. They, they said that they're uh, – they're they're sweeping sweeping the neighborhoods. And I don't know if I'm making that seven thirty start. I don't know if I'm making that seven thirty start. We're gonna have like 15, 20 people over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we push it back a little bit. Nick is gonna be late again. Oh, uh, I might be. I might, we have a lot of people. We'll, over. We'll, we'll talk about the the start time. We'll we'll, we'll check with uh, with Pig Bird over there. See what time works for him. All right, Andy, you're on the clock, man. Let's talk some uh, some MLB. Anybody get injured this week? I'm sure somebody did. Well, I was going to use my crash and burn, but I decided I'll just fall right into the, the DL injury spot. So my boy, Byron Buxton, came back, hit a bomb. Two days later, breaks his hand again. Like, the guy has the most unlucky situations ever. He's not injury prone. He just gets these weird injuries that happen to him all the time. And uh, I'm going to stay with him until I die. All right. Uh, I, I don't no. think that I don't think that's true. Injury prone <sighs> doesn't really exist, but I've 
I, I've been hit in the hand with a 90 mile an hour fastball and my bones didn't break. Like some right. people are just brittle. And that's so what he's it comes Mr. Down Mr. To. Glass. He's Mr. Glass. Like, like what, what, right. Exactly. Like if, if something goes wrong with him, if he moves a muscle in an incorrect way, if he hits a bone in an incorrect way, he gets an injury. It doesn't happen to everybody like that. It does happen to him. That's injury prone. It's not It's not a freak accident because players get hit in the hand with pitches all the time. And this guy is just brittle and he fell apart. So, and somebody offered offered me him in a trade today and I didn't even acknowledge it. I'm like, get the hell out of here with that. Well, well, the, the funny thing about that is I actually accepted a deal to take him in my uh, 20 team Scorchy Dynasty League and two days later he gets hurt. So, moving on, <laughs> uh, Mike uh, Soroka. Uh, he uh, re-injured a uh, complete tear of his Achilles walking to the clubhouse. So be careful where you walk and how you walk and do everything. But I love the kid, but he's out for the year, so just move on. Uh, another couple guys, Michael Fulmer, uh, he hurt his neck, you know, four wins, six saves, doing a little bit of everything for you with a four-year array. You know, you, you can find someone to replace him. Uh, Justin Upton got hurt. You know, as soon as I dra- I got him on my team, he gets hurt again. Hurt hurts his uh, back, and I uh, should be out ten days or so. Uh, my boy, but, but that that brings me to a point. My my guy Taylor Ward, bro, this guy's good, and and yeah. he's getting the bulk of the playing time with Upton out. He was already playing almost every day, and in an emergency situation the other day, he got a game at catcher. So if you're he's in not, a league. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not. He's not a mercy. Wasn't a mercy. He came up as a catcher, so it's not a mercy. He he. They but moved it, him on. It was so, in yeah, an emergency yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah, but he's he's a catcher, so right. They um, they they used they used whoever didn't start that day yeah. at, as a pinch hitter, and then the starter got injured, so oh, he great. had to go into the game. So he is now eligible in some leagues as a catcher, and I think he's about about two fifty seven eight home runs. That's not bad, especially since he's playing every day now. So that Definitely. that's. A positive with the Upton Upton situation. Definitely. All right. And, uh, and the other guy is, uh, you know, Dilson Lamet. Uh, last night started losing a lot of uh, velocity on his fastball real quick. It winds up that he has uh, an issue with his forearm, which I thought he was going to get Tommy John surgery in the offseason, but they kind of just tried to nurse him through it. But I think overall, I think he's just going to go down. So, right. Uh, Lamet is somebody that we were very high on last year. But we were very high on him because there was only 60 games. And we yeah. knew that we might get lucky and he might be able to string together 10 or 12 starts before he gets injured. And what happened? He got hurt at the end of the year. <laughs> like, so yeah. we, we were spot on with that. I don't, think, I don't think any of us drafted him in any spots this year across like 50 teams. I don't think I have one share. And this is a player that I love. I love his stuff. So – if you're on Team Stack Attack, you probably aren't hurt by this. You probably expected it, and you're probably hoping that Mackenzie Gore is the beneficiary in a couple of weeks from it, right? Definitely. Do you uh, do you want to jump into uh, the waiver wire now? Yeah, let's talk some waiver wire, man. Mm-hmm. You guys know I, I write a uh, a weekly article for NFBC waiver wire for Fantasy Six Pack. Uh, that article's up right now. You could check that out. We'll talk about a couple of those players. Uh, one of my, my one of my favorite guys that is available this week widely across a lot of leagues, especially if you're in a 12-team league, he's pretty much available everywhere, is Nick's guy, Akil Badu, man. He's back. He's back. You're he's loving back. it, huh? Did, did you hold on to it, onto the shares you had of him? Mm-hmm. 
I did. I did. And he's, I think, available in my uh, TGFBI waiver tonight. I got to double check that, but I think he's available. Oh, we got a hour and a that's half my, until that. So that's my question. How much? How much am I putting on him? It depends on your need. I mean, are, are you just trying to fill a bench spot, or or are you? I need a, I, I, I need, I need a are, are you hurting for stolen bases? Or because he doesn't do anything exciting, he just does everything okay, mm -hmm. pretty good. You yeah, know? I, need a, I need a pitcher. Yeah, so he he may not. He's kind of a guy that you're going to take if if you're filling an injury and, and you're not really looking for anything specific. There's better power options. There's better speed options. Uh, you know, but he's somebody I, I wouldn't mind having on my team and be able to put him in and out as, as you need on your bench. Zero shares, huh? Zero shares. All right. Yep. He's 22 years old and never played above a ball. He's a rule five guy. Uh, the whole year will be peaks and valleys. The roller coaster ride of Akil Badu. Um, I'm not in it. I, I want to get someone that's safe. Someone that's going to produce right away on the top of the line, like Tony Kemp. That's probably the fit, my favorite guy that was on your your list. I love him. Uh, he he does everything well. He was a career three hundred plus hitter in the minor leagues. He can pop a little stuff out. He can steal some bases. Bats really well. Gets on base. He's top of the line. He's going to get run scored. That is the guy. All right. Um, yeah i i have I have Kemp in my uh, in my thirty team league. Where uh, where I'm, I'm you know he's basically my second baseman because uh, Nick Madrigal's dead, um, so we're basically looking at uh you know I I don't think he does too much exciting or anything like that, it's just kind of there. The batting average is good. I don't need batting average, so I'm not really not really bidding on him. But he he's a solid player, man, and eligible at two positions. So there's a lot a lot good going. If you're uh, if you're looking for a uh, an injury replacement, um, how about Abraham Turo? What do you think about him for the next three weeks? Yeah, uh, he's he's a, a top prospect for the Astros. He he has some good power. He can play uh, you know at third base and maybe in another position or so, maybe first base. But he can you know provide a little pop in the next three weeks while uh, Bregman recovers. Cool, cool, cool. All right, a Andy, I, I got to step away for a second. I'll be right back, okay? So why don't you uh, give these guys your uh, a, a little taste of your throwback, talk about any minor leaguers you want to be. I'll be right back in a minute, okay? All right, sounds good. I can teach, teach a little something to Nick. But yeah. Yeah, my, my throwback this year, uh, this week, obviously, we talked about last week, and you know all about him. But I just like I was just looking through the stats, and it was just – Absolutely amazing what this guy did in the first year coming up. But Albert Pujols, 2001, one rookie of the year, was fourth in the MVP voting, had 37 home runs, 130 RBIs, bat over 300. Monster. Now, no one really comes up and does that. I mean, it's just an amazing year. And the crazy thing about Albert Pujols is that he was a career 300 hitter for his entire career, but he hasn't batted 300 in the last 11 years. Believe that? That's that's absolutely crazy. The last Same. eleven years, he's bad two ninety nine or less, and he's he just fell below three hundred. It's insane. Well, and uh, yeah. And speaking of monsters, I'm going to talk about the guy you love, Garrett Mitchell, uh, with uh, the Brewers. Mm -hmm. He uh, he's you know his first first year in uh, pro ball, he's uh, dominating. Uh, do you know that he's uh, type one one diabetes? 
guy, and that's why a lot of teams passed on him because he's playing at such a high level with type 1 diabetes. A lot of teams saw that as a red flag and passed on. Lasted to pick 20. Uh, he has more walks and strikeouts, which is great, and he's just getting on base at like a 500 clip and stealing bases and hitting home runs. And he's if he could stay, make consistent combat, uh, compact, uh, contact, he's going to be a, a really middle-of-the-order type guy. So... All right. I was just talking about my throwback, Jeff, which was uh, Pujols. I was talking about his 2001 season, which was unreal. Awesome. Awesome. He just fell below 300. Cool. Because because the last 11 years, he batted under 300. It's crazy. Oh, man. He just fell below? He's got to be stressed out about that. He's at 297 now. He'll never catch it again. All right. Well, I just found my crash and burn. Basically, dude, if you're going to do a live stream off your laptop and sit on your deck and enjoy the weather, you got to plug the damn thing in, man. My laptop <laughs> was just down to 2% and it was about to turn off and cancel our broadcast just just like little Andrew wanted to cancel us. Rookie uh, mistake. That's why I had to run away. <laughs> but, but we're still kicking. I got a uh, extension cord. It's pretty ridiculous out here right now. Yo, yo, it's crazy. My, my uh, wife and son and, and uh, father-in-law went down to Atlantic City today. Uh, after the graduation, Chuck E. Cheese to spend the night in the boardwalk, go on the rides and everything. And the crazy thing about that is I helped them out to the car. And my wife made me carry a bag that wouldn't pass through the airport security. Like I would have to check it because it was so heavy. I was like, you're going away for less than 24 hours and this bag is at least 60 pounds. So I, I just, I'm oh, just I, happy. I thought to you were going to say it was filled with like hashish or something like that. No, no. <laughs> happy to be a yeah. man. I'm going to a work conference in August for six days in Orlando, and I'm bringing a carry-on bag. That's it. That's all I need for six days. Yeah. I, I'm going. I'm going to Jamaica in five days, and I ain't packing a damn thing. My wife's doing it because I'm not allowed to dress myself. So <laughs> we, we've shown what happens right, so, when I try that. So the second, yeah, definitely the uh, second minor leaguer I want to talk about real quick is a guy who's going to actually be able to come up this year and help your team. You know, you're looking in the August uh, to September area. You're looking at where someone's going to come up, and be able to pop a little uh, power and speed into your lineup in the middle of the lineup, uh, in, your, in the middle of the, the infield at second base. Jamani Jones from the Orioles. He was uh, – Let me write that uh, down. Jamani Jones. Hey, top – he was with uh, the Angels, and then he got picked up by the Orioles. And the Orioles stink, so – He's going to get plenty of uh, opportunity. Wait a minute, you didn't and, say that last week. What? No, I just said they were hot last week. I just okay. said they still stink. <laughs> so uh, so he's a guy that you're going to look at at the end of the year that can definitely help your team uh, to a championship. <laughs> All right, nice, nice. All right, let's go back to the waiver wire because the next guy on my list is your guy before we get to some pitchers. Uh, let's talk about your boy, Keston Hiera, man. Yeah, he's back. I actually gave him. I actually gave him the nick. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of falling on the, the the bomb here with you on this guy. He just has too much swing and miss, and it's just it's a it's a drag on the average. And to to impact your average, it's it sucks. So Nick, that's your boy. Carry all right, on. All right. So Andy, I'm going to ask you a question here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I have a league. It, it's it's a, a standard five by five league. It does have a bench, and I'm in fourth place. Four teams get paid. This was this is my highest buy-in of all my leagues, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in dead last in stolen bases, and I'm 
four spot. I, I'm in fourth place. So I'm, I'm like 13 points out of first place, but I get one point in stolen bases. I'm really good in batting average. Is Keston Hyer is somebody that I should be adding because he is available. There's no stolen bases to be had. None. Is this guy going to get eight stolen bases the rest of the year if he plays? Five. Uh, five. So what does he really? What does he really bring to the table? We know there's no batting average. Is this just somebody that you are hoping for a thirty home run threshold? No. When he first came up, he batted like high three hundreds. He was hitting bombs. He had a great first half of the season. But as we see in the in the majors, you know, obviously people do well in the beginning, and then the pitchers uh, react on that, and he has to make adjustments. That's what that's what's going to happen. So. All right. I, I'm I'm just not gonna bid on him. I actually I actually picked him up when he got called up the the first time. Desperation. And then I cut him like two weeks later and now he's back <laughs> again. And I, I I don't think I could I don't think there's a point in me doing. I still I, I think it's a fifteen hundred dollar fab league and I got five hundred bucks left. So I, I can afford to burn it, but I don't know. I'm not doing it. I just on principle. All right, let's talk about a couple of pitchers here. I, I, I got one that I have to backtrack on a little bit because I laughed at you for picking him up in our, our, our home league, and that's Joe Ross. Have you seen what this guy's done late, lately? What yeah. have you done for me lately? Yeah, he has three bad, three bad starts in the past 12 starts, but you know the other nine starts have been really good. Like He's good strikeouts. He's doing very well. Dude, the last four starts, 173 ERA, 0.83 whip, 26 strikeouts, 26 innings, four wins. What more do you want? The Nats are red hot. Like, this is the guy, man. This, this I really think, and I wrote it in my article, I think this might be the, the one pitcher that has a chance to be close to an all-star level the rest of the season that's available on waiver wires right now. So if you're desperate for some starting pitching, if you need wins and strikeouts, th this is a guy you got to hit hard right now because you could get him for only a couple bucks and, and the sky's the limit. Do you disagree with me on that? No, no, I'm a, me and you go way back with the Ross family. We, we love his brother. We love him. You know, we're, I'm all for it. <laughs> and we were wrong every time. Yeah. So, all right. What about as an alternative? Uh, maybe you want to go a couple bucks cheaper. What about Danny Duffy? Any interest in this guy? He yeah, does definitely. have two starts this week. Uh, it is Boston and Minnesota, but the, the guy's got a one eight ERA, man. One eight. He gets a more than a strikeout per inning as well. So I'm yeah, I'm uh, it, definitely a ten. His his strikeout to walk ratio is is basically seven to two, which is outstanding. Good control yeah. pitcher, not much win equity because because you know the Royals, but I, I think he's a he's a good second option if you're looking for a starting pitcher for the rest of the season. Yo, and when you said that the Nats were on fire, I mean I, I'm blown away by what Kyle Schwarber did this week. Obviously, he's not yeah, on the waiver wire, but this is just ridiculous. I mean, he has like a 11, 12 home runs in like the past ten days. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like he had three against the Mets. I mean, it's. Outstanding. I mean, I love yep. the guy. Oh, that's what happens, man. The the weather's getting hotter, and the sixty the sticky substances are, are going away. Uh, yeah, actually, 
Nick's not paying attention right now, so I'm gonna call him out right now. <laughs> I'm gonna call Nick out right now. I'm reading. We got what? What do you got with Garrett Cole today, bro? Ah, uh, oh this, my god, this, this Yankee team is done. Better yet, Eduardo Rodriguez, Jeff, you you made you made it. We if did I'm, it, bro. We did it. I am the sign runners right now. I am firing Cashman. I am firing Boone, and I am starting to sell off people. This team needs a wake-up call, and they need it fast. And they're, they're talking. Cashman's already making phone calls about upgrading the team. This team is dead in the water. They're not doing anything this year. Did you just guys move up in the standings or no? Did you What's that? Not? We're in fourth Did place. You move up in the, uh, fourth no, we're in fourth place. Yeah, I would, I would trade Sanchez right now. Hell, I would even trade Voight. I would keep going right now. Let's go. Let's go. Fire sale. But they won't do it. All right. Uh, there, there's not much saves on the on the market this week, but let's talk about a couple of options that I am buying at a really low spot and just praying praying on. You mentioned Michael Fulmer is is out. I don't know if people noticed this. Saturday, it was Jose Cisnero who got a save opportunity. And both Soto and Fulmer were available. And they gave the save opportunity to Cisnero, and he, he converted it. And then it was later on that day that they announced that Fulmer's going back on the DL. Fulmer, Fulmer's done for the year, man. It's it j- Just cross him off. So now we're looking at Cisnero versus uh, Gregory Soto, who you know I don't think very much of. Cisnero has a 31% CSW rate. He's been really... Pretty good, man. You know, high, kind of high ERA. There's some saves there. It is the Tigers, so there's how many opportunities are there really going to be? But I, I think this might be somebody you could get one save a week from, and I have a couple of teams where that's huge. You know, I, 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 I have teams with 30 saves on the season, so I'm averaging two a week. So if I could add a third, that's going to take me where I need to be. I, I I agree with it. Go for it because I think they're using Soto in that role. You know, the lefty role. He's a lefty first of all, which a lot of teams don't like using a closer with. But he's more in that equalizer role where he's you know trying to go in there, pitch seventh and eighth, and try to move down. I mean, so I I like to pick up. All right, cool, cool. How about uh, this hurts. No. No. Joe Girardi said it the other day, man, and it everything. Other than this has happened since then. But Alvarado, bro, this guy's a witch. We saw two years ago, he was, I think, the best reliever in the game. And he's got nasty stuff, man. It it, it was ridiculous. The the other day, what was it? uh, Thursday night, Girardi actually said, this is going to be the guy moving forward. And I don't think anybody out in the fantasy universe heard that. But I did. And he said, this is going to be my guy going forward. So what does he do? Uh, about about 12 hours later, he brings Alvarado in in the sixth inning in a game they're leading one nothing, and tries to have him use go with a, a two-inning save. He blows it, right? But what happens after that, right? Neris comes in, bails him out, gets a save. The next day, Archie Bradley, blown save. Hector Neris, blown save. Right, so nobody has taken the job. Alvarado was in a bad spot that 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 op- opportunity because of bad decisions made by Girardi. I think he still has a chance at, you know, one to two save opportunities a week. 
they may still rotate it with Bradley. I, I think Neris is done. I, I, I don't think they're going back to him ever again. And I have a couple of shares of him, so that, that kind of hurts. But Alvarado, if you get him for a buck or two, I'm bidding a buck on him. It, it, you know, I, I think I have Cisnero as my, my top reliever that I'm going after. Uh, and Alvarado for a buck. And if I get him, whatever. Um, I'll give you one other, one other option. And then we'll move on from the waiver wire and these bad closers. Brad Brock, Cincinnati. He, he's like the sixth man up for the spot. But, you know, with, with, with TJ Antone out, Lucas Sims out, and Amir Garrett ready to blow up at any minute. I, I, Garrett has has uh, converted two saves in a row, so, so give it to him. But right before that, Brad Brock had a hold in one of those saves, and he saved the game before it. Uh, 38.3 CSW rate. The guy's been damn good, man. I, 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 you got a league that you're desperate, pick him up for a dollar, cross your fingers, pray to the, pray to the fantasy gods that Amir Garrett does Amir Garrett things, right? <laughs> and Brock is a central Jersey guy too. So we got a root for him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff, anything else baseball you want to talk about, Andy? Well, Jeff, what would you recommend for um, waiver wire? Zach Thompson, percentage-wise, a fob. Oh, Zach Thompson. That's another guy I was going to talk about. Um, looks pretty nasty. Uh, he's on fire. 11 strikeouts yesterday. Uh, he's only given up four earned runs in June. 25 strikeouts, 18 innings, a 38 CSW rate this month. He's on fire, man. I don't, I don't think this is real. But if you need strikeouts and you're, you're looking for somebody to, to hold down your ratios, I, I, I think you could drop a good 15% at least on this if he's available. Are you talking TGFBI? No, I'm talking a different league. So you're talking a 12-team league? Yeah, 12-team league. Don't, I'm don't go, don't no, go that a, much. He's more of a 10% guy a, in a 12-team league. No, is it a, I think it's a 12 no, it's a 15-team. All right, 15-team league, I'd go a little bit higher. 25%? Yeah, yeah I, I would say 15%. Oh, so 15. If, you, if you got 50 bucks left, I, 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 would, I would probably throw 8 to $10 on it, um, you know, depending on it, whatever it is. I'm going to go 71. So it's out of 1,000. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope in, nobody's in a, listening. In a 15-team format, <laughs> the, 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 the waiver wire is going to be picked thin. If he's still available, he's not. He's not available in my TGFBI league. Uh, he's not available in our home fifteen team league. Yeah, I was uh, offered a trade from him, and I denied it. I didn't even think. Yeah, I, I don't. I ago. don't really know. I, I don't really know about him as a dynasty stash, but you got to ride there. the hot wave right now. And there's nothing. There's nothing available on the waiver wire. Uh, uh, you know, outside of uh, the two guys we just talked about with with. Uh, with Duffy and and what's his name? Who's the other guy we just talked about? I can't remember. Well, the the next hot guy that's coming up is gonna be with the Marlins. It's probably gonna be Edward Cabrera. He's yeah. uh, been a monster in the minor leagues. He's healthy now and he's he's striking out a ton of batters. He's gonna be up soon. Cool, cool. Andy, what do you what do you what's your thoughts? I know Vlad's your guy, but did he, did you hear the stat of the day? It was everywhere. I know you were busy today. What was the stat of the day? So he hit his uh his 50th home run today, it took him 258 games to get there. Hmm? His father, 50 home runs in 258 games. Wow. Pretty pretty awesome, huh? 
Yeah, and he had a bad first year too. So I think yeah. you know, Vlad's going to – I don't know. I don't know if he could do what his dad did. I loved his dad, but you, you know. you're going to see me lose my cookies if somebody starts comparing him to his dad already. Uh, you can't, you can't do that. That I'll tell you what, Vlad Guerrero Senior. That that is an eighty hit tool right there, unorthodox. But this guy could hit a baseball off a tee that bounced and drive it up the middle, or put it into the left field seats. Yeah, that was, was one of the best power hitting right-handed hitters I've ever seen because of his ability to hit junk and to hit the ball out of the zone for power and drive. And if anybody tries to compare his son to him now, they're wrong. They're wrong. And, and they're just, they're, they're just a, a, a young little millennial that doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to talk to us boomers. That's so awesome. Yeah, I'm still blown away each week by Tatista. Oh my God. He's just doing crazy things. You want to hear another reason why you got to pump the brakes on Vlad being a superstar? A little bit, a little bit. Okay, there is there is some precedence for a disaster with a guy like this. So I just said in 258 games he had 50 home runs. Guess who the major league leader of all time in 258 games in home runs was? Not that long ago. It was Ryan Howard, right? I saw, that, I saw that. I saw that. Vlad and Vlad had 50 home <laughs> runs. Ryan Howard in 258 games had 82 home runs. 82. That's ridiculous. The best start to a career in questionably baseball history. He was the first person ever to win the Rookie of the Year, followed by the MVP, followed by a World Series championship in three years. And that's I'll give crazy. you a dollar if you could tell me the other person that's ever done that in three years, those three awards, because it's more recent, and he actually did it in two years. It was Chris Bryant. Ooh. Chris Bryant in 2015 won the Rookie of the Year and the World Series, and then in 2016, he took home the MVP, right? Then we saw some regression from Chris Bryant, and we saw massive regression from Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard went into the toilet after year five. Right? He started eating Subway subs, probably. Yeah, yeah of course. Big fresh. <laughs> right? yeah, the, the, the one crazy thing I saw, like uh, the one stat I was uh, kind of blown away by, obviously, Otani hit another home run today. The guy's a machine. He's a monster. Going to go in Colorado and uh, win the, uh, the home run derby. But – I I was shown, blown away by how many stolen bases he has. He stole his 11th stolen base today. So the guy's on pace for like 50 home runs and like 25 stolen bases. It's outrageous. Yeah, and he refuses to participate in the home run derby. What a bummer. What'd you say? Said He, he said he was going to refuse to participate in the home run derby this year. Oh, I thought he was playing in it. No. Vlad? No, I, I was talking Otani, about Otani. 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 I was talking about Otani. Oh, Otani's my in. My bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I was talking about Otani. Oh, yeah. Otani's in, but Vlad said no. Yeah. So, you know why? Because it hurts your swing. It really does. I'm good. I'm glad he has well, These guys do swing for the fence. Yeah, but David That's Wright. That's what they do. David Wright didn't hit a home run after the home run derby for like two months. That's because David Wright had uh, Byron Buxton's jeans. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys. Anything uh, else about uh, baseball or, or football you want to talk about before we get the hell out of here? That's it. Nope. No? Absolutely nothing for you. All right. We good. Um, I, I guess that's it, Andy. Nothing? Intelligent? No. No. I'm good. Anything stupid to say? No, just saying happy birthday to uh, my, my brother-in-law, Mikey, who watches the show every week. I just want to say what's up. Yeah, I miss him in the chat, man. Uh, he might be. He's usually over. alive in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, cool, cool. All right, guys, thanks for everything. Next week we'll be back on Sunday once again, celebrating the 4th of July with a couple of adult beverages and some fireworks. Uh, time TBD. We're going to check with Pig Bird and, uh, and, and Nick and see what time, <laughs> what time works for them. Uh, and that'll be the day before the Scott Fishbowl and the day before my vacation. So we're looking forward to that show. We'll, we'll, we're going to make that happen. He's at and Mimi, the man of a thousand follows. This is AMAC22NJ, and I'm at JTrello20. Trevor, you're not here today, but I appreciate all that you do for us. Take us out of here, my man. Peace. See you later. Come on.